Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Winton all but locks it up for Wing Cup. Yeah, what do you want me to do? Jump on the table or something? Yeah, celebrate. Yeah. And the Stone Brothers drivers. Uh, look, I'd, I won't comment about that. Um, you know, if, uh, if you'd like to talk to Shane, you can. Um, and see what comment he's got on that. But that's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Here's the news brought to you by NoBrack Carbon Fibre Products. Jamie Winkup won on Saturday and then on Sunday after a pit lane mistake drove his way through the field to finish third. The win all but locked up the championship Jamie's barnstorming drive through the field, one of his best. But Jamie is keeping his emotions under wraps for the moment. Yeah, of course, it's a, it's a full year, you know, and um, we're actually, I've been having a lot of fun the last few months. Um, I don't really want the year to finish, to be honest. It sounds pretty stupid, doesn't it? But uh, it's, we, we start and it's, it's a long, drawn-out affair. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had some unbelievably good moments like the, uh, the last two months so we're going to go to Sydney um, we're going we're gonna to enjoy ourselves try to uh, put, our, put our best foot forward and try to finish off the year um, like we know we can um, not uh, I, I don't know I can't remember us being on the, on the top seven of the podium at Sydney so uh, yeah fingers crossed uh, we, can, uh, we can do that Mark Winterbottom decided that if Jamie was keeping the championship title open why shouldn't he? I'm still in it, mate. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> Maximum attack. <laughs> Craig Lowndes was the winner on Sunday. Even after stacking in the pits, he was able to show great speed to take the win. So it's, uh, it's nice to be back up here. It's uh, you know we had a little bit of fortune go our way with uh, obviously Jamie you know, having a drive through. Uh, penalty because uh, you know Jamie was the person to beat this weekend, and uh, you know we had a Lee Holsworth on Saturday made it a all Queensland podium when he was able to dart by the faltering Winterbottom at the line to take third position. Um, and Wincup and I were able to um, maintain a fairly decent speed, and uh, there were a couple of guys behind me holding the other guys off on soft. So. Um, yeah, it worked out well for us. We got onto our softs at the right time and maintained a really good pace and um, came up on Winterbottom at the end there on uh, you know, saving fuel and I was able to take advantage of it. So it was a good race, pretty crazy. Off the track, the speculation at Stone Brothers continues over the future of their drivers. Lee Holsworth and Shane Van Gisbergen both under the spotlight about whether they will exercise their exit clauses with the change of ownership at SBR. 
But Holsworth told the V8 Insiders that he's looking forward to driving the AMGs next season. Oh, I think it's brilliant. I'm just like so excited at the moment. I couldn't ask for a better position to be in. Um, it's uh, there's so much potential in this team, and especially with that coming on, um, you know, there's uh, you know there's there's no end to how far we can go. Um, we've got some really good guys in the team, and, and plus some guys um, overseas that that should um, help our knowledge as well. So um, yeah, couldn't couldn't be in a better position at the moment, and um, and to finish off the year with some podiums would be even better. Um, going into next year and uh, you know it's going to be a challenge next year Um, I'm not expecting that we're going to come out and um, win the championship or even um, you know top three in the championship I think that's fairly high hopes Um, but I do expect that we're uh, we will be on top of it fairly fairly quickly. Shane Van Gisbergen would not comment on his plan but reports have surfaced that he might walk away from the series altogether. Winterbottom, Lowndes and Wing Cup all spoke about the pressures that the young driver is under. Um, I, I think it's a shame he's a, he's a really good driver, um, but sometimes this sport can be a bit, it's all, can, it can look like it's all glamorous, but there's, um, there's times that you probably, uh, you know, when, you, when you're a racer, it's, it's completely different. I remember racing go-karts, it was you and your machine and you worked in the garage and then weekends you raced if you weren't good enough whatever you go home work on it um there was not the pressures and all that sort of side of it and i think he's just a genuine bloke who's a genuine racer and sometimes the the big picture can affect that i think so um it would be a big shame yeah i think so i think that uh, you know obviously he's, if, if he does he, he's got his own reasons for it but uh, it, it is a um the demands on 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 everyone in the sport these days um on and off the track is pretty high and uh um, you know, it would be a shame not to have him on the grid because he's a talented, you know, he's a Kiwi, so we've got someone to, uh, to pick at. Hey, I, find him a, I find him a good kid. Um, he's got a big place in the, in the series, being a Kiwi, and uh, being, being so loose. You know, he, he's, always, he's always loose as hell out there, so uh, I think it's good. So um, I can certainly relate to if, if what uh, I've read in the papers, same as what you guys, is true. Um, I can certainly relate to that, but... Um, yeah, fingers crossed. He uh, he has a break. Fingers crossed. He, he has a break. Gets away from it for uh, for three or four weeks. Refreshes, recharges the batteries, and then realizes why he loves the sport and uh, makes a decision in the new year. And hopefully, there's still a spot there for him to uh, step into. On Sunday, the the Giz's toughness showed out as he held off his teammate Tim Slade. Running on a different fuel strategy, the Giz kept his teammate at bay. Excited about fourth place when I caught up with him. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um... We sort of took a gamble with the strategy, which was awesome. Um, to be uh, fourth was pretty cool. car was quite good in the middle. At the end, not so much, and we were extreme fuel save at the end. But uh, really proud of the boys. They gave it a good go today and rewarded with a fourth place. You've had an interesting weekend. Yeah, it's been great. So uh, fourth is, is awesome. It's good points. Uh, yesterday, not so much, but uh, come back well today. So very proud of the team. I love it. Thanks. Cheers. Paul Morris's wreck, which is currently run by Dick Johnson Racing in VIP colours, is about to be sold to Lucas Dumbrell. We asked Morris why he wants to get out of the V8 supercars. I guess uh, the commercial realities of, of putting a, a team on the track is tough in this environment and uh, I don't want to be in the risk business. You think it's getting too risky? No, it's always been risky. It's just whether, you, whether you're up for it or not. And, um, you know, to me, the... 
to me, it doesn't add up. We have more from Morris on this week's Fujitsu White Flag Lap. Nick Perkett has won the Winton round of the Dunlop series. The win gets Perkett back into the fight for the championship. Good clawed back way more points than I thought. I was happy to leave here about 90 points behind. To leave 34, I think it is, uh, is pretty unbelievable. So I'm heading to a round which um, always go well at, so... Can get two more wins there. I've done the best I can. I would have won the most. I'm winning. I've won the most races so far this year. But dominating the back half of the year, but it's, uh, it's up to the other guys to make some mistakes now. Scott Pye's second place keeps him in contention for the title. Actually a little bit disappointed with that last race. I felt like we should have won that one, but... You know, not to be homebush, I'm sure, will we'll be a good one for us as well. Uh, and like you said, championship's going down to the wire now, so we'll just see what happens. Dale Wood was thrilled to return to the Dunlop podium with a solid third place. Yeah, I think them first two rounds, especially uh, with Clipsal and Perth, are just going to haunt me all year. So uh, really, you know, no chance in the championship. And it's a shame because I think one thing I probably could have been in the battle for was that at least the privateers championship which would have been uh would have been a good achievement i would have thought but anyway i'm, I'm out of that mix as well so for me it's just round by round and uh, and do what i can the dunlop series goes down to the wire in sydney Chas mostert had a horrible weekend dropping points with a number of off-track excursions and then was docked 25 points for contact in race one with andrew jones fpr fought the charge it wasn't overturned, so the penalty was up to 50 points. This now puts him third in the championship, 57 behind series leader McLaughlin. Percat's win moves him to second place on 32 points behind. Pye is fourth, 81 points back from the leader. With 300 points on offer over the two races in Sydney, anyone can win it. And finally, the latest edition of V8X magazine is now available. Find out what Marcus Ambrose believes V8 supercars can learn from NASCAR. V8X magazine, you can find it in stores or online through the mag shop for your iPod edition. And that's the news for NoBrack carbon fibre products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrack.com. That's N-O-B-R-A-C dot com dot A-U. After the break, it's the round table. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from it's V8X Magazine's publisher, Alan Edwards. Good evening, Alan. How are you? I'm doing very well. And another man who enjoyed his weekend at Winton is the voice of Winton, Lachlan Mansell. Good evening, Lockie. Good day, Craig. Good day, Alan. It's been an interesting weekend, Lockie. You were calling all the action. And what was probably the most amazing was that uh, no stage did Jamie Winkup or Team Vodafone want you to call it a championship victory-weaning weekend. No, they're coming up with all the excuses under the 
the sun as to why they can't celebrate yet. Jamie Whitcup said, you know, I could get a championship points deduction, which could cost me the championship at Homebush. For all intents and purposes, though, he's wrapped up the championship, his fourth VA Supercar Championship. He's never had a championship points penalty in his career, and I just can't see him getting one at Homebush. Um, and, in fact, it's probably scary for his rivals because now that the championship is mathematically beyond doubt, there'll be no pressure for him at all at home, which he could just go out and focus on having fun and winning the races. And if that was how he handles pressure, Alan, driving through the field after a, uh, after a pit lane penalty, gee, it's scary what he could do. Oh, exactly. I mean, I just, I really don't think it would matter too much what the situation was for Jamie. He's just so focused and, and so driven that no matter, you know, what the situation in the championship was or what was going on around him, all that matters is the moment for him in his head and um, he would just, you know, take it on as if, he'd take on every race as if it's the, the last race he's ever going to drive in. Well, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? He has just dominated the last at least five years, probably six years of this championship, and he is now being considered one of the greats of V8 supercars, Al. I think he's, um, yeah, as well and truly can be considered one of the greats of V8 supercars. And you say that he's dominated the last four or five years, which is probably right. I think that we can um, look forward to a bit more of it as well. I I think that uh, as long as he's around for the next um, two or three years at least, I think we'll see a lot more domination from him. Mm -hmm. Now, as everyone knows, Lockie, I love a conspiracy theory. And, uh, well, perhaps it's just a case of if they announce the championship at Winton then perhaps other stories might dominate the Telstra 500 in Sydney. And this is one way to guarantee the Telstra 500 is branded with Vodafone. Um, yeah, I suppose that's one way that you could look at it. Speaking of conspiracy theories, the other one that, uh, that I, I had mentioned to me yesterday was the fact that the drive-through penalty for Jamie Winkup in the Sunday race for his rear wheel spinning during the pit stop was not mentioned in the post-event stewards report. Now, the replays did show that Winkup's wheels were quite clearly spinning and to be consistent with the other penalties that have been applied this year, um, you know, they, they did have to penalise him, but I just find it, um, you know, interesting that it wasn't actually mentioned in the stewards report. Mm. It's good that we have seen some races like this where we've seen him really battle and, and show his mettle because there were periods in the V8 Supercars and the Australian Touring Car Championship history, Alan, where the champion was dominant, but he didn't have to fight through the amount of uh, pressures that we've seen Wing Cup deal with this year. Oh, that's right. I mean, as, as I said before, there, there is no question in my mind that, um, that Jamie is, is the real McCoy and that um, he thoroughly deserves this championship, um, you know, as, as he does his others, but, but this one in particular, he, he's just been amazingly impressive and, I mean, amazingly impressive. And uh, people, you know, often say that, um, you know, the, the championship's boring because the same bloke's winning it and all that. I, I, I don't sort of um, go along with those guys I, or those people. I just sort of think that it's... It, in a lot of ways, it's just amazing to watch the, the skill of, of a guy like uh, of, like Jamie, like Wing Cup, and, uh, you know, when you compare Formula One 
or compare of that era to Formula One where Schumacher was winning everything again and people were just saying it was boring. To me, it was more just like watching the, the master just destroy everyone around him. And, you know, I, I guess I got just as much enjoyment out of that as, um, as what I was what you would watching a, uh, a close battle, if you like. Mm. Well, a couple of other notable drives out of the weekend was, of course, on Saturday, James Moffat, and James doesn't worry about reputation, does he, Lockie? He just gets in there and he goes as hard as he possibly can. He does. Of course, he was on a different strategy to everybody else starting the race on the soft compound tyres, where most other people in the field started the race on the hard tyres. And James didn't lead a lot of that Saturday race, and unfortunately for him, the, uh, the Norton FG Falcon that he was driving wasn't as strong on the hard tyres as it was on the soft tyres. So when he went to the hard tyres, for his second stint that wasn't all that hard for the likes of Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes and Mark Winslot to get past him. It was interesting because uh, a lot of the drivers were talking about how bad the marbles were and they said they'd never seen anything like it at Winton. Now, I know you had the 300 the week before, but I believe you also had something like a six-hour drift competition not long ago as well? Uh, yeah, we did. And the other thing as well is that one of the support categories for the Winton 300 last weekend was the super trucks. And even though they only race on the shorter configuration of the Winton circuit, they do tend to um, leave a fair bit of rubber and um, you know, a fair bit of other material on the circuit. And I think one of the other things as well is that the track conditions were just a whole lot warmer than the V8 supercars had experienced before. It's the first time, for as long as I can remember, certainly the V8 supercars have raced at winter so late in the year. And a lot of the teams were really struggling to find a good car set up with the hot weather conditions. Um, and, you know, that was reflected in... The, uh, the fact that the lap times were a lot slower overall than what we've seen at Winton in the past. Alan, your motorsport legends would have covered any summer Winton V8 or even Australian touring car races, and I don't think you have yet. No, that, that's right. It's, um, you know, I mean, it, it was just, a, as, as you say, or as Lockie was saying, with the... You know, it's just been so unusual for it to be um, hot at a V8 supercar meeting at uh, at Winton. I mean, it was just fantastic from a from a crowd point of view to actually be, uh, you know, looking for the for the, for the sunburn cream rather than the raincoat, so to speak. Mm. Now, another drive on that Saturday, which was very notable, was of course the Irwin Tools performance of uh, Lee Holsworth. And if ever there was a team that had the spotlight sternly affixed to them, it was the uh, Stone Brothers Racing Outfit, Lockie. Yeah, well, Lee Holdsworth has gone well with him in the past and returning to the circuit that was his test track when he was at Gary Rogers Motorsport for the first time in a Ford. And he ran there or thereabouts for most of the race and was able to take advantage to get past Mark Wisbottom right at the end when Wisbottom's car coughed within sight of the chequered flag and laying there taking his first podium pinch since joining Stone Brothers and Ford at the beginning of the season. He drove well, but uh, it was amazing that the uh, the team right throughout the weekend had to deal with such pressure and such focus, Alan. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's, um, you know, I've been a long, long time since I've seen Ross Stone looking that stressed around the pits and actually caught up with him and had a bit of a chat to him on the, uh, on the Saturday. And I know that... Um, uh, I think, well, he was furious, I guess is the only way to describe it, that um, 
for the stories of um, of, of Shane leaving and that uh, there was also rumours of Lee walking out of the team, but he, he was furious that the stories of Shane had got out into the, into the press. And, um, yeah, it was that whole team was uh, was just under pressure and um, refusing to talk. Shane and Ross were actually refusing to talk on the record about any of it. It was, it, from a, um, I guess, from a, from a journalist's point of view and also from a... a I guess a spectator and television watcher's point of view, it was uh, an intriguing uh, situation and and it's one that will unfold as as time goes on. I mean, it's from, you know, it's just amazing to think that this guy's Shane Van Gisbergen is 23 and yet he's going to walk away from a V8 supercar career of something that could be a a long, long career. And, uh, you know, I guess in a lot of ways I'm uh, yet to believe that that will happen, but... I guess time will tell. Mm. Well, we need to take a break, but we definitely want to take up the Shane Van Gisbergen story right after this. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Lachlan Mansell and Alan Edwards joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, we spoke about Shane Van Gisbergen talking about walking away from the sport. And uh, it's interesting that all different types of scenarios are being bandied round about Shane's future. But, uh, well, as you heard in the news, when we spoke to Shane, he just completely deflected from the interview. And I guess... uh, I got better than Barrett's did because Barrett's got uh, the, the the don't argue hand when he wanted to go and speak to him on the Saturday. Uh, Lockie, it's it, it's a situation which, yes, it's amazing, but I guess with Vat Super Touring now in a strong position and uh, it, Shane having other things that he might want to do, he's thinking money's not everything. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, isn't it? And, and just going back to what Alan mentioned about the fact that Ross Stone and, and Shane Van Gisbergen were both very surprised about how the report got into the media. Because I was confined to the commentary box for most of the weekend, I didn't really get much of an opportunity to go walking and talking to people to find out further information. But what I'd like to know is it did end up in the media. Who actually leaked it? Who actually read those details so that they were able to be reported as widely as what they were? And and you're right when you say that it throws up a whole lot of scenarios, not just with Shane Van Gisbergen, but for the whole V8 Supercar Championship, because we've got an interesting silly season situation where there's lots of drivers looking to find drives next year. There's some whose futures are far from secure, and there's only a limited number of seats available. All of a sudden, a very, very good seat could come up for grabs if Shane Van Gisbergen does indeed leave Stone Brothers Racing at the end of the season. And that the story of Shane's leaving comes on the back of Gary Rogers. Well, he didn't leave. Gary Rogers said, Caruso won't be with me next year. And so you had this weird situation where uh, Michael Caruso got outed by his team boss. 
Yeah, I thought, I mean, that, that was interesting, but I, I guess, in a way, um, you know, Gary was just making those comments on the radio. It's, I, I hesitate to use this, um, this cliche, if you like, just because it is a cliche, but it was the worst kept secret in motorsport that uh, Michael wouldn't be with Gary next year. So Gary, in his own way, was, was basically just confirming that while talking, talking on the radio, and uh, rightfully so. The, me- the media have jumped on those comments and, uh, and reported them more widely. Mm. And, of, of course, that means Gary's got a seat. There is speculation over Premer's um, possible future, even though he is signed for next year. And you would think, with his experiences, the car of the future would suit him better. And then you have, of course, uh, this week, Murphy and Ryan Labine confirmed that they're not going to be at Nissan next year. People were thinking Ryland might have been able to stay, but of course Gary, uh, sorry, but of course Greg Murphy with his Holden ties, particularly in New Zealand, um, was always going to be a stretch to be able to stay at Nissan Lockie. That's right, and uh, yeah, you mentioned there that there have been some question marks raised over the future of Alex Premer. He actually showed some not too bad form. In fact, um, both in Abu Dhabi and at Wisney qualified in the top half of the field. So it shows that he is starting to, uh, to come to grips with the V8 supercars. Um, Winton's the first circuit that he hasn't had to learn. And not only that, but uh, you, as you mentioned, and as I also touched on in commentary over the weekend, Alex Premer's used to driving cars that will be more like what the car of the future is in DTM. So I think Gary's initial plan when he signed Premer was... Neil thinking ahead to car of the future and thinking that's where Premier's experience with the DTM cars would be an advantage. So, you know, will Premier stay where we go? I think that's still yet to be decided. Um, Greg Murphy's one driver who has been linked to the Gary Rogers Motorsport team for next year. Scott McLaughlin, another um, driver who would quite logically fit into that seat given that he is backed heavily by Fujitsu. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting silly season and it's sort of playing out a bit later than we're used to, isn't it? Normally you start to get rumours about who's going where in sort of September, October. Now we're well into November and still with quite a number of seats still that we don't really have too much of a clear idea who will be filling them. Mm. And of course, Paul Morris is on the Fujitsu white flag lap talking about his uh, his future in V8 supercars and as we know he's waiting for board approval for the sale of his one of his wrecks the one that's currently operated by Dick Johnson Racing to go down to Lucas Dumbrell Alan. Yeah that's correct so you know that's uh, I guess if you like a bit of a, a blow to DJR they announced um, I think sort of early last week that they have um, restructured their team in terms of uh, Dick bringing in some, some new business partners and they were certainly looking to run uh, three cars and uh, of course that uh, now is probably going to be two cars so they're, they're probably going to have to change their car, their plans for that one But because um, obviously they're, they're running four cars this year but um, the other car as we all know is uh, headed off to, uh, to FPR, the uh, Charlie uh, Schwarzkopf uh, licence there so, you know, they'll, they'll be down to, to two cars. But, yeah, you know, the flip side of that, of course, is that, you know, it's just great for Lucas Dumbrell, the youngest uh, team owner in the pit lane, to be able to uh, expand his team and 
and uh, continue to uh, to grow. Yeah, and uh, of course, Lockie, the other news is that FPR are going to be building the cars for Dick Johnson Racing. So uh, FPR have got their economies of scale working for them, now having six cars that they've got to prepare, or, you know, they've got to do the work for six cars, which helps them budget-wise. And when you think about it there, Craig, that means that Ford Performance Racing are potentially going to be building every single Ford in the field next year because there may only be six Fords, the four FDR cars and the two DJR cars because if has has been reported, Paul Morris takes his racing entitlements contract over to Lucas Dumbrell, that will become a Holden. Stone Brothers are obviously going to the States next year and Tony Valberto is heading back to... Um, um, you know, very likely to be confirmed that he will be heading back to sourcing and Walkinshaw racing supply cars next year. Yeah, that's an interesting move, Alan, and I, I know the latest edition of V8X magazine has a, a feature story on Tony Dalberto, and and uh, it's it's interesting because he left Walkinshaw Performance and under their wing because he didn't think he was getting a good deal. It's interesting now, a few years later, he's back there. Yeah, well, that team has always had, um, you know, it's always had strong connections with uh, with Holden, being that um, his father runs, a, sorry, not his father, his uncle has ran a, um, a Holden dealership for for many many years. So, so you know, I guess in some ways that, that there's no real surprise there. Mm. Well, it's interesting times ahead. They're going to get more and more interesting as we go to Sydney, the Telstra 500, where we will be crowning the champion officially. And uh, it always brings up some good racing there. It's not always predictable at Sydney, is it, Lockie? No, we've seen in the past that uh, Homebush does throw up some surprise results, partly because it is such an unforgiving circuit where we often do see a fair bit of panel damage um, and, and also because... With the 250 kilometre race, it's sort of right on the cusp of whether you can get through the race on two pit stops or you have to make three pit stops to get to the end of the race. So we always do see a mixture of strategies which can result in fast cars being buried down the order at various stages during the race and having to come back through the field and then, you know, maybe getting caught up in incidents. So it's always, I think, when you look at the results from the last three years, the super been at home, which the finishing rate's always been lower than a lot of other events. You do tend to get quite a lot of DNF just because of crashes and incidents. And being at the end of the year, you're not chasing those extra points, really. Uh, so why why beat yourself over the head, I guess, is another way of looking at it too, Alan. Well, yeah, I mean, the other thing too that, um, that Lockie sort of didn't mention there is, the, is the, the, the weather as well. If we, you know, you know what it's like. You know, we've seen it before. If we get rain at Sydney, that becomes very slippery and you've got the, the concrete walls it's sort of the, the track is like a concrete tube if you like and uh, you know you end up with cars bouncing off uh, concrete walls and you know it makes for um, I guess as much as the, uh, the team managers don't like it because they're the ones that have got to you know dip, their, dip into their bank accounts to pay for any repairs um, it, it makes for a great spectacle for the uh, for the average Joe Punter on the, on the hill watching the, uh, or in the stands as the case may be at Sydney, watching the, uh, the racing. Yeah, well it's going to be good, we look forward to catching up with you guys right throughout the uh, off season because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stuff to talk about then but uh, for now, it's thanks very much to Alan Edwards and of course the latest edition of VNX magazine is in stores and at the mag shop for iPad now. 
Thank you, Craig. And also to Lockie, we uh, look forward to catching up with you soon too. Thanks, Craig. Always a pleasure. And that's uh, the roundtable for another week. The Fujitsu White Flag Lap is up next. And as I mentioned, it's Paul Morris talking about his future here on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, brought to you by Fujitsu Australia, Australia's leading air, as recommended by Mark Tubby-Taylor. With advanced technology and leading-edge design, Fujitsu is a name trusted by thousands of Australians to deliver quality, reliability and affordability. That's why I chose Fujitsu for myself. Paul Morris is selling one of his racing entitlement contracts to Lucas Dumbrell. We talked to Morris about his future. Well, I don't really have any plans for next year, really, apart from, uh, obviously, uh, one of my wrecks is still unleashed to webs and... Um, in the midst of selling the other one to Lucas uh, as we speak. Hopefully that will be tied up by uh, next week. So, um, yeah, I just don't know what my plans are next year. Have you have you got any goals for how you want to... Do you want to continue in V8 Supercars? Look, if I wanted to continue, I'd, I'd still, still be in the business. So um, I've got other things I want to do and, uh, and um, I'm just going to go and do them. With your second wreck, you've got a you've got a limit on how long you can lease that one for. Is it you got one more year to lease? Or? Yeah, and they have an option to purchase it as well. So uh, that one still could be a mystery tour this time next year. So um, uh, yeah, but you know, we'll just take care of it and work our way through it. And, uh, look, the way uh, Techno are going, they're doing a doing a great job, and uh, I hope they're they're in a position to be. In the, to buy it because they're, they're, um, they want to be in the business of going racing and they should own it. What has changed your your view on wanting to be involved in V8s over the over the last 18, two years, 18 months, two years? Um, I guess uh, the commercial realities of, of putting a, a team on the track is tough in this environment and uh, I don't want to be in the risk business. You think it's getting too risky? No, it's always been risky. It's just whether you whether you're up for it or not. And um, you know, to me, the, the to me it, it doesn't add up. So uh, I wasn't enjoying it. What are they nice? Needed to do other things. Do you think the direction V8s are going, particularly on the back of the momentum that seemed to be lost after Bathurst with the Gold Coast having the, the international drivers race and then the, the Abu Dhabi 312 lappers, do you think that's part of the reason why you want to get out? No, not at all. Look, the, the business is in good hands. It's just, it's uh, you know, considering the, the environment we're in, look, there's a bit of lag because... Uh, GFC a couple of years ago and everyone had long term contracts and that's happening it, it, look, as far as racing goes around the world it's a fantastic thing to be involved in but uh, to me I'm still really a driver at heart and I just enjoy driving doing other things so I'm going to go race my sprint car and, and uh, do the things I want to enjoy while I can still do them Thanks for your time. Okay. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. My thanks to Paul Morris there and the team 
as the checker flag waves over another edition. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.